0: Hello, hello. Greetings from the road. Um, I'm trying to be a, a little quiet. I'm actually um, on a train. on a train. <laughs> I, did not, I did not start off on the train. I actually, um, I borrowed a car and I started the trip in the car and, I, you know, it was going fine, but the last time I tried to take a road trip, which I, I love doing, I just I really do like to just get out and drive and drive and drive. And last time I did that, I just I had some kind of complicated car problems where you know I got stuck somewhere where I, I couldn't get any phone service and I didn't have any money and I lost my phone and I had to borrow money and I had to like stay in a town and get it fixed and um, I just I just started to think about. Elements of that, you know, and it just sort of, you know, once I kind of had planted this paranoia seed in in my mind, I just kept thinking about like, God, this isn't even my car. Like before, it wasn't my car, I, you know, and like, and then I just, I was trying to enjoy the driving without having these, you know, kind of thoughts of just like, (laughs) what if? (laughs) So, I ended up, and this this had been something that I planned on, but. About a about a third of the way, um, about a third of the way up, um, I stopped and stayed with a friend of mine that I haven't talked to in a while. But I ended up just leaving the car there and getting on a train for the rest of the way. It's you know it's slow going, but um, I just want to be. I I just would like to be somewhat present when I get there and not be just completely scraped out by nerves. So, that's what's happening, and who knows, maybe it's dumb, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so, like, I'm on this train, and it's really, really late. I don't know, I guess I'll have to just record this and send it to you later. I don't think there's any way to service here, but yeah, it's really, it's really dark, and, uh, you know just as 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 the sun was setting there was like just barely enough still to kind of see the landscape and there was we were going we were going through some mountains and it was like I just you know i i just was just as, astonished by these sort of like trees that were kind of growing out of the like over us it seemed like just over us you know like out of this kind of the sides of these these cliffs, um, kind of, like, over the tracks almost. It was quite wild. Um, now things have kind of flattened out. I I can't really, I can't see much, but, uh, once in a while there'll be, like, some lights uh, from little towns out there. I was trying to actually get some sleep earlier, and there's this just weird... <laughs> I don't know, like, if anyone else is noticing this, but there is this man who, I guess, works on the train. I, I... he... And I get... you know, he just, like, you know, walks through once in a while to... to check things, and, uh... You know, I'm on... I'm on the upper... I'm on the upper, um, floor, this, <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm getting a little punchy, I'm on I'm the upper level, and there are these kind of, like, um, kind of narrow, but very, like, very tall, like, stairs to get up to, to get up to this level, and this, this man, he, like, I haven't gotten a good look at him, but he wears, he was like, he, I think he's got just, like, a bunch of keys hanging off his belt's. It seems like he ex- he expends a great effort getting up the stairs to to this level because there's kind of like whenever he comes by, there's this kind of like wheezing, and then there's this like jangling of keys, you know, as he kind of moves down the aisle in the dark. And I mean, it's like I just want I it's I just want to attach this to just. It's like this ghostly wheezing, and like I'm picturing, you know, some sort of an Mr. James or Dickensian kind of rattling of chains, you know. Just, and the, it, it is trying to play tricks on me because there was one distinct moment in particular where I was here, I was hearing that uh, coming up the stairs behind me, but I but I actually was seeing, he, but the, I was, she saw him. Uh, coming down the aisle. Uh, the other way. So I was like. Wait a, wait a minute. My ears are saying one thing. And they're not matching. To this. It's just been very. It's been very eerie here. On the, on the train. I don't really think I can get any sleep at all. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens here.
1: Hi. Uh, it's me. I'm in. Joplin, Missouri this is one of those in-between stops Greyhound makes that are always educational um, it's been an interesting 36 hours uh, the experience the, the cross-country experience it's, it's much the same as it was back uh, as I remember in the day I, I've just become much more aware of the class divide going on you know and the the fact that clearly there are some rough stories going on around me and the other thing i'm really feeling is uh, the fact that you know all these years after i first tried this you know, the 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 structure of your body um, i don't know if it's happening to you but mine it's just kind of kind of repelling sitting like in the in these positions and then Trying to get some sleep in this upright position—it's—I can't even put my finger quite on it. Like, there's no particular ache or pain that's going along with this, but it, it really does feel like, uh, like my body is like re- is trying to reject this way of of, of traveling. It's—it's it's like it doesn't know what's going on. It's—it—it—it it, it <laughs> feels like I'm just—I'm just uncomfortable all over in this weird. Uh, undefined way this one thing that happened though uh, there was this guy and his almost two identical twin boys, the family resemblance was kind of stunning uh, between the father and the sons there they got on the bus somewhere around Asheville and these boys they were let's say six and eight Not a peep out of them the whole time. He he was sitting behind them. Virtually no interaction the entire ride. Uh, He he looked a little out of it. Not super surprising. And and when kids are that quiet, you don't know whether to think it's a miracle of parenting or there's something actually wrong there. Those kids just looked out the window. They, They looked around the bus. Not a hint of misbehavior. So I was asleep for a few hours and when I I woke up we were uh, in a stretch where it's just totally flat, mile after mile after mile. This was somewhere around, I don't even know, we just left the Ozarks region I think. I remember from long ago that you'll see some very subtle and, and very simple fencing running along the highway just to mark that the land is somebody's property out there. But uh, that wasn't there in this case. There was no fencing of any kind. The fields were just sort of undefined, you know. No no mountains in the distance. Zero. And I saw the father get up and uh, he walks up to the bus driver and he starts talking to him real soft. I couldn't hear a word. And it was just this very calm conversation. You know, sometimes the bus driver would nod. It just went on for several minutes. Then the father came back to where the kids were sitting. If they ever slept a wink, I didn't see it. And the bus pulls over on the shoulder. You never see this. The father, you know, very calmly, he ushers his kids off the bus, and I realize they have no luggage. Nothing. Been on the road for a whole day. And the three of them start walking right off the shoulder and into this. Big open plain. There's no sign of any habitation anywhere. Uh, the bus gets back onto the road and pulls away, and they they keep walking. That would have been north, I think. So I don't know. I, I just I just do not know what the story was there.
0: Yeah, I I did want to I did want to tell you about um. So during the during the um. The, the first part of the, the the trip the car part oh there was just this oh like little filling station grocery th- thing and there was like a, you know you can find a little bit of everything in these in these in these joints there's even like a little tiny like like three little tiny booths like where they would give you you know some pancakes or some eggs or something um, it was you know and then <laughs> there was a, there was in this corner, there was, like, a couple of, they seemed like, like, remnants from, like, a, a, like, a shut-down retail store or something, but, but there was, like, a little corner where you could get books, and they seemed, of course, like, used books, you know, but there was kind of adorable, because there was a, a little plexiglass standy, <laughs> that had I mean, I think it was all mass markets, honestly, which is is is, is I mean I love. And um but there's a little stand that had um it seems like, like, like kind of more like 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 kids are sort of young adult kind of geared stuff and then there was a spinner rack. <laughs> Of, 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 of more grown up uh, 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 mass markets, and then there was also this little kind of oh god it was it was wood, and it fit right into the you know those shelves that like are they're rounded around the front but they have like the back of them is designed to be put into a corner it was one of those and there were more (laughs) and it was so dusty it's so dusty but it was just like still kind of it had this this corner just, uh, just had this appearance of kind of I don't know it was so sweet anyway it was like lovingly kind of I just got the I, I don't know. I just I just really appreciate it. it was this tiny little area just completely dedicated to like old mass market books. And you know, right next to it was was like I think like oh, you know, there were like some clips of like some bandanas or whatever. <laughs> you <know>? and, like <laughs> you could get a you could get a uh, you could get a snow globe of, you know, the nearby uh uh, mountain, or the, uh, <laughs> the, the car- some sort of carnival that I, I have, no, I mean, I don't really think, I, I don't know that it has any kind of significance with this area whatsoever. It probably came from somewhere else. But some of these titles were pretty great. I mean, they were just great. I, 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 the spinner rack, uh, mwah, I mean, it was just fantastic, and I, oh, I don't know, I just, I just wanted... <laughs> just i i did actually pick up a couple of those um and i yeah i have them i have them with me here but i don't know maybe i i'm just kind of shy about turning on my overhead light it's it's for it's you know everyone's trying to get some rest and it's dark and i should go back to my seat i think um <laughs> wait for the next appearance of the of the of the the chain the wheezing chain rattling specter the ghost of the train um, to come through once again.
1: I really wanted to call just to let you know I had a uh, <laughs> I had a bookstore experience here in Joplin. We're here for for three hours uh, waiting for a new driver, so I got to walk around the town a little. Very tiny town. I walked past this church, a little quiet street, and it had a sign in front of it. It said book sale. I thought, okay, it looks like I'm going inside a church for the first time in decades. Um, There's a few few cars parked out front. The story is, the guy running the sale told me, uh, this place got, uh, what do you call it when a church, the guy used the term, gets converted back into a regular building. Uh, It's like uh, decommissioned. uh, Deconsecrated. deconsecrated. The church was deconsecrated. So anything religious got taken out. The stained glass windows got taken out. Uh, The altar. It's just like a a shell of of what used to be a church. But the pews are still in there. And I go in and and books are lined up along every pew. Spine up. So... As, as people lift them out to look at them, it gets messy pretty fast. But every single pew, left to right, is filled with used books. Very cheap. And there's you know, there's definitely a few people in there going through them. There's books uh, stacked against the walls, too, all the way up to your knees. There's no sections. It's just a big jumble. Uh, so I was poking through this for about 20 minutes. I didn't see anything too great. I, I did pick up a copy of something called... Uh, Good Dog, a horror anthology. Um, It's from, like, 1987. It's just, uh, like, a a dozen stories about evil pets. Looks really tacky. I'm sure I'm going to love it. But here's the thing about this place. I started to notice real fast uh, this tremendously outsized number of books on the occult. I mean, every... Like, 10th book, I would say, in there was uh, about the occult or the supernatural. Nonfiction. Uh, you know, all the classics, but you know, mostly stuff I'd never even heard of. So I bought my anthology, and I asked the guy up front a couple of questions. And the place is basically just a big combined estate sale. It's, it's some kind of weak cash grab. I, I don't know how it works. But all the occult books, he said, did come from one collection, one person's collection, a, a local guy. Um... Now this guy didn't seem too real, you know, real comfortable giving me all the details. Um, there was some dark stuff in there too, and, and, you know, and some kind of, you know, like a lot of academic stuff about the occult too. So great location for it. Just, just that's just per- that was just perfect. <laughs> I really, I dug that. Uh, all right, so goodbye, Joplin. I gotta make sure I get back on the bus here. Um, I will be. Uh, I think in eastern Colorado by tomorrow. Um, Yeah, so let me know if you have any kooky adventures. Uh, Otherwise, I will see you when I see you. All right, bye.
0: Warning. Do not read this book if you are alone. But if you do, keep repeating to yourself, it's only a book. It's only a book. It was almost as if time had not touched the village of Cornwall Coombe. The quiet, peaceful place was straight out of a bygone era, with well-cared-for colonial houses, a white-steepled church fronting a broad common. Ned and Beth Constantine chanced upon the hamlet and immediately fell in love with it, This was exactly the haven they dreamed of. Or so they thought. For Ned and his family, Cornwall Coombe was to become a place of ultimate horror. Harvest Home by Thomas Tryon A cruel resident demon
1: tortures the innocent tenants of a haunted apartment. Three separate stories all with the same grisly ending, all happening in the same apartment. An apartment where Satan collects the rent. Whenever someone moves in, strange and bizarre things begin to happen. Forces possess those living in the apartment and hurl them towards demonic destruction. The only salvation is to get out before it's too late. But will the devilish landlord let any of his tenants break his lease of death? Satan Sublets, by Jack Younger.
0: Mike thinks he is clear about what happened to Louie, but he feels that the adults around him are not. No matter how Mike tries to stop them, they continue to remember things differently from what they really were. Loyalty, loss, compromise, and tragedy permeate this unusual story. As tensions mount... And the mystery deepens about what really happened to Louis. The Good Greenwood by Eric Roden.
1: The strange new beetles look like exquisite jewels, covered with emerald and yellow markings, but utterly murderous. Accompanying them are something even more terrifying. Gigantic worms that turn pink after feasting on human blood. These lethal allies now converge in devastation and massacre of a terrified city, and no one in London can escape their horrendous onslaught. Bloodworm by John Halkin
0: Matthew, they thought, was just going through a phase of talking to himself, and like many parents, they waited for him to get over it. But it started to get worse, not better. Matthew's conversations with himself grew more and more intense. It was like listening to one end of a telephone conversation while someone argued, cajoled, and reasoned with another person you couldn't hear. Then Matthew started doing things he couldn't do before, like counting and binary code mathematics. So he told them about Chalky, the person who lived inside his head. Chalky, by John Wyndham.
1: Dyke Mellis hated the world with a passion. He was just waiting for a chance to strike back at the people who had ripped away his manhood and crippled his body. And then, that fateful day when Malpello Island split open and the creatures emerged, his chance came. A bloodier and more terrible chance than he had ever dreamed of. But as his dreadful plan began to work, and his monstrous legion of bloodthirsty giants reeked their terror, he was faced with a new horror. Would they destroy him before they reached his enemies? Eat Them Alive by Pierce Nace
0: Something is there, there on the stair, coming down, coming down, stepping with care. Coming down, coming down, slinkity sly. Something is coming and wants to get by. Spooky Rhymes and Riddles by Lillian Moore
1: The Affair of the Painted Skull started on March 24th. On that day, Martin Adams, a lawyer-investigator by profession, but with the sentimental heart of a perennial college man, passed the loan shop where the skull was on display, noticed the letters of his own fraternity on the trophy, and bought it for ten dollars. At once, things began to happen. Martin was held up and then slugged. The skull, after revealing the fingerprints of a gangster supposedly dead for years, disappeared. A twenty thousand dollar necklace was found in the purse of Adams's pretty secretary, and as if things weren't looking black enough for Martin, the skull turned up again, in the drawer of a murdered man's desk. Lady, That's My Skull by Carl Shannon. A Harlequin book.
0: The surgery is sanctioned by Washington, performed in secret, and afterwards the patients are never seen or heard from again. Until Susan McCullough, a young neurophysiologist on the staff of the eminent Borg Harrison Medical Laboratory, opens a door that should have been locked. Behind that door is proof of the most shocking medical experiment of all time. Heads, by David Osborne. Cats.
1: The town was alive with them, all kinds, black, white, fat, scrawny. They lived in the streets, in the backyards, in the swamps of Beckincourt. Sam... Nydia and little Sam had never seen so many cats. The cats' eyes were glowing slits as they watched the newcomers, and their furry tails were slowly switching back and forth. Evil. The town was ripe with it. It seemed to waft in from the swamps with the hot, fetid breeze and breed in the minds of Beccancourt's citizens. Soon Sam... Nydia and Little Sam would battle the forces of darkness, standing alone against the ultimate predator, The Devil's Cat, by William Johnstone.
0: As a purveyor of rare antiques, Helen Wells often finds herself in strange locations. Her wealthy clients demand the best, the rarest, the most beautiful objects for their stately homes. So it is that she finds herself at a far-flung estate sale in a remote mansion in the country. After leaving later than planned, her car breaks down on an isolated stretch of road. She spots the glow of a lone phone booth up ahead and walks toward it. As night falls and the full moon rises, she hears her feet crunching on the gravel, her quickening breaths, and the unearthly howls. The Curse of Satan's Cake Pan by Babette Ferrero.